you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6. And today, uh, we're concluding our series called Heavenly Places. Um, I've enjoyed just, uh, just preaching this series. It, uh, it's easy to stay in the natural whenever you live all your life in the natural. And so sometimes we got to be reminded that there's another atmosphere or another realm called the spiritual realm. Amen? And uh, in Ephesians chapter 6 is a verse that, that kind of uh, encapsulates um, the series. It says in verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, heavenly places, this whole series was dealing with um, the invisible, the unseen realm. And the Bible clearly talks about there's a realm that we cannot see in the natural. It's the, it's the spiritual realm. And, and then in this series, we talked about, in the first week we talked about that heavenly places is a spiritual reality and that, um, that we can only experience the spiritual or the kingdom of heaven as we tap into the spirit of God. God is spirit. And to worship him, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth, right? And then in week two, we talked about the spiritual place called heaven. How many of you like the sound of that? Heaven. Just the sound of it makes me excited. Amen. Praise the Lord. Gives me hope. Amen. And then in week three, we talked about the spiritual reality of hell. Just like there's a heaven, there's a hell. And I don't want to go there. What about you? Amen. Week three, we talked about, uh, or week four, we talked about uh, the heavenly hosts called angels. God's invisible agents. Agents. We can't see them, but there's angels all around, the scripture tells us. And then finally, last week, we talked about demons. And these are Satan's, um, these are Satan's agents. They're fallen angels, the Bible talks about. And, uh, and we talked about God uh, giving us the authority over them so we can establish the kingdom of God. Now today I want to conclude by talking about insights into the into heavenly places. And uh, I believe the more we know about heavenly places, the freer we can live, the more victorious we can live. As Jesus said, you're going to know the truth and the truth will. Yes, it will. Amen. So what do we need to know about heavenly places? Well, first of all, we need to know that heavenly places is the realm of spiritual battles. How many of you know that? It's the realm of spiritual battles. In fact, all spiritual battles really originate in the spirit realm. It may seem like our problems are all natural problems, but they're really, they're, many of our problems are not natural problems at all. They're spiritual problems, amen? And these spiritual problems are, originate in the realm of heavenly places. And that's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 12 where he says, For we do not fight against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of, of the unseen world 
against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. When he quoted that, he was talking about the spiritual battle. And so Paul says our battle is not against flesh and blood, although you might think it's your mother-in-law, it's not. Amen? Although you might think it's your neighbor, it's not. You might think it's your coworker, it's not. Amen? In other words, our problems are not with people, but with demonic evil spirits in heavenly places. And so because all spiritual problems originate in the heavenly places, we must learn to do spiritual warfare through prayer. We got to learn how to counterattack. And I honestly believe we can fulfill God's destiny for our life unless we learn how to do warfare, unless we learn how to do spiritual warfare. In 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, it says, for though, we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. You know, one of the analogies the Lord uses to help us understand the spiritual fight we're in is he uses the word warfare. And God has given every believer spiritual weapons so that we can fight the spiritual battles, the warfare that is out there. Amen? And one of those weapons is the spiritual weapon of prayer. In fact, the Bible says in James 4, 7, humble yourselves before God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. So as believers, James says, we must learn to be aggressive and we need to prayerfully, we need to learn how to prayerfully resist the spiritual attacks that come our way. Are y'all with me out there? Are you tracking with me? Resist the devil. In other words, don't surrender. Don't yield to him. Don't just submit to his, his spiritual attacks resist those attacks. Amen. And so Matthew eleven twelve, 12, Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. So we got to learn how to be aggressive. You know, sometimes people get bullied and they get abused and because they just submit to, to unfair treatment or they, get, they, they just submit to, to, uh, to uh, aggressive behavior. And I think what the Lord is trying to tell you and I today is that, listen, don't let the enemy push you down. Rise up, man of God. Rise up, woman of God. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. Amen. And so, you know, every Sunday, whenever you come here, I know some people probably think, man, Todd, can you just say a little prayer and let's move on with the service? But listen, every time we come together, we got to learn how to just not just, just allow, stay on the defense and try to keep the enemy away. Let's get on the offense and let's, let's go after the enemy and put him under our foot where he belongs. Amen. Come on. God hasn't called us to be defensive. God has called us to be offensive and win the battle. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, we see the Apostle Paul exercising the spiritual weapon of prayer and as he wins his spiritual battles and he advances the kingdom. It says, Acts 16, 16, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which predicted the future and she earned a great deal. Now, let, let me just stop for a moment. For all of those 
People out there that you see that are fortune tellers, how do they know that? Well, I think we get a glimpse right here. Because this lady could tell the future, but the Bible says a slave girl had a, had a spirit by which she predicted the future. How many of you know that was not the Holy Spirit right there? And she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. Verse 17, this girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. So it sounded like she was for them and with them. Verse 18, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled. You know, that's a way that, uh, that's another way to say she started ticking him off. He didn't feel good about it in his spirit. Amen. He didn't have a peace about it. Amen. So he became so troubled that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And that, at that moment, the spirit left her. Come on, are you tracking there? And so did you notice how that spirit was operating in that girl? And she was trying to distract or to hinder Paul's ministry. And Paul didn't allow that spirit to stop him. He aggressively took authority over it. He bound it up. He cast it out. And he went on with his ministry. I think there's a picture here that you and I need to just become spiritually aggressive. And whenever the enemy wants to discourage us or try to make us feel like a failure, we need to just rise up and say in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I remember this story of a, a, um, a pastor in California, a well-known, internationally known pastor. And uh, just uh, his name is Pastor Jack Hayford. I don't know if he's on TV anymore, but quite a, a brilliant man. But he tells a story about whenever he went to the, to the church uh, in Van Nunes, California, Church on the Way, I think it's called. But when he started pastoring that church, he was he followed a pastor that had uh, that just failed morally or something like that, and two pastors before them. And the church just seemed to have a history of pastors flaking out, and and the church was small, and and they couldn't get a soul saved for nothing. And Pastor Jack's uh, his his office was like off the sanctuary, like he had to walk in the sanctuary to get in his office. And he noticed when he'd walk in the sanctuary. He felt this evil presence and he, didn't, he felt there was something not right. Do you think demons can hang out even in churches? And so he, he started, before he'd go in his office, he'd just stand in the sanctuary and he'd just start worshiping the Lord and he'd just start declaring the promises of God and he just began to take authority and just pray over that place that oppression would break and evil spirits would leave. And one day he said he was praying and he was worshiping the Lord and he said in his mind, it was like glitter started falling from the ceiling and he knew something had broke that day. He knew something and he just rejoiced and he just went on in his study. And, and that's next Sunday morning. They hadn't a soul saved in that church in years, but that Sunday morning, they had more than one soul saved. They had, they had several souls saved that morning. And all of a sudden things begin to happen in that church because there was a spiritual breakthrough. Amen. Come on. Are y'all tracking with me out there? We got to learn how to resist the evil one. And use the spiritual weapon of prayer. The second insight into heavenly places we need to be aware of is this. Heavenly places is the realm of spiritual authority. 
Now, I want you to track with me for a little while and look at this passage of Scripture. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. But in verse 19, it says, I also pray. This is the Apostle Paul praying for the Ephesian church. And he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of who saints? Of Christ. And he's made him head over all things. For why saints? For the benefit of who? The church. Now who has God given supreme power and authority to? His name is Jesus. Amen? The Bible says he gave Jesus power over everything. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power and authority in the heavenly realm. He's got power and authority over the entire universe. Amen? Are y'all tracking with me? Ephesians 1.22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. So Jesus occupies the most powerful seat of authority that there is. There is no one in heaven or in earth that has greater power and authority than Jesus Christ. In fact, Revelation 19, 16 says on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Nobody can equal him. He's all powerful. He has all authority. Amen. And the great news is that we have been seated with him in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So Christians operate in two spheres. They operate in the, the human and the divine, the visible and the invisible. Physically, we're here on the earth in the human body, but spiritually, the Bible says, we are seated with him in heavenly places. Amen? So in the natural realm, in the natural realm, we are in this building right here. But in the spiritual realm, where are we? We're positioned with Christ. We're seated with him, with Jesus in heavenly places. Now, what does this mean? This is what I believe it means. It means that the same spiritual power that the Lord gave Jesus, he also has given every born again believer. The Lord has given you power. He's given you authority. Amen. That's why Paul was praying that we would spiritually grasp and understand this. In Ephesians 1 and 19, he said, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The resurrection power. So Jesus has given us resurrection power. Amen. Now don't, don't get mistaken. You are not Jesus. 
Amen. You're just, a, you're seated with him. The power belongs to him, but he shares his power and authority with you and I. Amen. We are seated with him. The most wonderful news is we've been given spiritual power and authority that we can exercise every day in our spiritual lives. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 17, Jesus said, these signs will accompany those that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, why is it that we can do super, supernatural things like cast demons out of people and lay hands on the sick? And they Do y'all believe this, saints? Do you believe that you can cast out devils out of people? Do you believe you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover? Some people don't. Because they don't understand the power that the Lord has invested in them. That's why. Listen, we can because we have been spiritually seated with Christ in a position of power. Heavenly places is the realm of spiritual authority and of power. And so Peter and John learned to exercise their spiritual power and authority. In Acts chapter 3, you remember this story. And um, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in three o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a a man lame from birth was, was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called beautiful, the beautiful gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. But when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked him for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Peter understood what he had. He had been given spiritual authority. Somebody said it's just the opposite for us now. We got silver and gold, but what we don't have... What we don't understand we have is the power of God. The resurrection power of Jesus. Amen. And so listen, we need to realize that it's not us. We're no, we're just a, we're just a vessel. We're just like a hose pipe that the Lord flows his spirit through. Amen. All he needs is a hose, a a pipe that he can flow, but he's made us to be his carriers, his temples, his holy vessels that he can flow his anointing through. Amen. Are y'all, are y'all with me out there? And if I could encourage you today that listen, you might not feel like it this morning. You, you're, 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 listen, your circumstances might not seem like you have any spiritual authority, but listen, how many of you believe this morning? How many of you are children of God today? As a child of God, you've been given resurrecting power so you can make, bring forth the kingdom of God. Amen? You know, listen, I remember whenever I first got saved and I was listening to this stuff, Brother Francis was teaching this stuff about spiritual authority and, 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 and we can use his name, we can invoke his name. And, and I remember I had a little nephew that uh, was, was sick. He was just a little guy and he had high fever and they couldn't bring it down and, and they were concerned. They didn't know what was going on. Something serious was going on in his body. And he was in the, uh, in the hospital in Abbeville and I was just learning about this and I felt impressed to go pray for him. 
And I, I wasn't used to doing this stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, and they knew me before I was a Christian. And so for me to go over there and tell them I'd like to pray for them, that was a stretch. You know what I'm saying? But I, I just felt compelled to go do it. And so I went and I said, I walked in the room and my sister-in-law was there. And I said, listen, Arlene said, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray for Brandon. And they had him in one of those tents, you know, so they could get oxygen to him and all that. And, and uh, so I said, if you don't mind, I'd like to pray for Brandon. I'd like to put my hand on him and pray for him. She's like, listen, they can't figure out what's going on. Uh, his fever has not gotten better. His fever is, please pray for him. So I reached my hand under there. Didn't feel very spiritual at all, brothers and sisters, but I let him put my hand underneath that tent. I laid my fingers on him and I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I declare that your healing power over Brandon. I break fever. I break sickness. I break disease in Jesus name. I didn't feel no goosebumps. I didn't feel no free songs nothing like that. After I finished praying for him, I said, Arlene, would you mind if I prayed for you? She said, no, not at all. So I laid hands on her and I said, Lord, I know this is hard for, for mama to see her son being sick like this. I pray you touch him, uh, touch her. I pray you comfort her in Jesus' name. We talked a little while later and I exited the room and I started dancing. Why? Because I had exercised my authority. Whether anything happened or not, it was a breakthrough for me to just begin exercising it. Amen. And I was rejoicing that I didn't let intimidation or fear keep me from doing what I felt like God wanted me to do. Several months later. Yeah. Amen. Come on. I'm trying to encourage you today. I'm trying to encourage you today. Amen. Few months back, a few months go by, and it's Christmas time. We're, we're there at my, my folks' house for the holidays, and I'm talking to my sister. And by the way, Brandon, all of a sudden, the fever broke. They couldn't ever find out what happened to him, but he got released from the hospital. Amen. So I said, Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Whether it's my prayer that was the catalyst that healed him, I don't know, but he came out of the hospital, and that's all that matters, right? But then I was talking to my sister-in-law, Arlene, and I said, you know, we started talking about that. And she said, Todd, I, I didn't tell you this. I haven't talked to you about this since then. But I want you to know that day when you laid your hands on and prayed for me, I felt the presence of God for the first time in my life. Oh, I said, really? I said, praise the Lord. Turned around, walked outside and did a couple of cartwheels. Amen. <laughs> But come on, are y'all with me? It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who I am. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. Come on, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places who's been given all power and all authority. Amen and amen. I don't think we fully understand the authority we have in Jesus. In Matthew 16, 19, he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, which means to forbid, on earth shall be bound in heaven, which means to loose. Or whatever you loose on earth shall be, or released on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so I, what, was, what was Jesus referring to? He said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Are y'all seeing this? I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom, of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I believe God has given us power and authority and we're not using it like we need to. Amen. 
So we need to start using the authority that God has given us. I like the way Matthew 16, 19 says in the, in, in the TV, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you prohibit on earth will be prohibited in heaven. And what you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You know, as I see it in the spirit realm, I can, I can close doors, spiritual doors over this place right now in the spirit by prayer. And I can say, I forbid evil forces from working here. And if I understand the scripture right, whatever I forbid on earth is forbid in heaven. And I can, by, by the authority that, that I have in Christ, I can say I release the spirit of God and the angels of the Lord over this place. And if I understand the scripture right, I can, I can bring the, the, the uh, I can change the atmosphere through the authority that God has given me through prayer. Amen. And I also believe I can go to your house. And I can do the same thing at your house. And I can go to my house and I can go to my neighborhood and I can change the atmosphere at my house and my neighborhood if I understand the scripture right. Now, what do you think would happen if all of us in this room begin exercising the power and the authority that Jesus has given us? I believe the kingdom of heaven is going to start advancing in a greater way. Are y'all with me out there? Come on, you might not feel like it. You might be tired this morning. You might feel like laying down and taking a nap right now, but I'm telling you there's a seed on the inside of you. And whether your feelings feel it or whether your body feels like it or not, there's an anointing on the inside of you that the Spirit of God gave you when you got filled with the Spirit. It's resurrection power. I'm not talking about a little bit of power. I'm talking about the kind of power that can raise the dead. I'm talking about the power of God that can deliver people from demonic activity. That's the spirit that's in you. Pardon me as I get a little excited this morning. The third insight into heavenly places that we need to know about is heavenly places is a realm of spiritual blessing. Paul reveals his understanding of this fact in Ephesians 1 when he says, verse 3, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We need to be reminded our heavenly father is a very generous father. And he's rich, by the way. He's richer than Bill Gates. Amen. He's, he's very rich and he's very generous towards his children. Amen. And the Lord has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that there is. I think of it like this. Heavenly places is like a supernatural spiritual storehouse of God's blessing. That's where he holds them in heavenly places. A spiritual storehouse containing every provision we will ever need in our life is available in that storehouse. Psalm 104 verse 13 says this. You send rain on the mountains from your heavenly home. And you fill the earth with the fruit of your labor. It's a heavenly storage. And the earth is filled with the blessings that come from from the heavenly home. And these blessings are available to those who are seated with him in heavenly places. Amen? And so I look at it like this. You know, like the president of the United States is not always in the White House seated at his desk. 
But no matter where he is, because he sits in the seat and the office of president, he always has the privileges of the seat of the office of president. Amen? Whether he's in the White House or not, he's still the president. And he, he can exercise the power that he has in the office. And he has the privileges, whether he's in the White House or not. Likewise, as Christians, no matter where we may be on this earth, because we're seated in the heavenlies with Jesus Christ, we always have the spiritual blessings and provisions heaven has made to us. Amen? And I tell you what, I check this out. Because, see, I can come to church here and worship, and I feel the presence of God, and I'm excited about being in church and praising the Lord. But, you see, years ago, before I came in the ministry, I worked in the oil field. And I went to these oil field platforms where all they got is a bunch of grease, a lot of iron, and a bunch of, a bunch of burly guys, and many of them not redeemed. Amen. And you got all kind of noise. You got metal clinging. You got these big old engines roaring and rain. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like the place of tranquility. But I found that I could just slip over in my little bunk and grab my Bible and just read my Bible and pray. And all of a sudden, the presence of God, it could be 500 miles out in the Gulf. And there the presence of God is. Amen. You know, I figured something else out. I could get in a plane and start flying and be how, I don't know how many thousands of miles or, or, you know, altitude up in the air and I can just stop and bow my head and close my eyes and invoke the name of Jesus and pray and all of a sudden the presence of God is there, amen? So I don't have to wait to come to church to get the provisions of God because I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. God's blessings and provisions are for me everywhere I go. Amen. It's because of where I am positionally with Christ. Whoo, glory. I'm getting excited about this. Amen. The Lord has promised to supply all our needs. Philippians 4.19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, all these spiritual blessings are received in three ways. There's probably more, but let me just give you three quick ones. First of all, spiritual blessings are received through prayer. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given. And it's amazing. You know, I could be full of stress and overwhelmed and turmoil and I just stop long enough to close my eyes and say, Jesus, would you give me peace? And all of a sudden, stress has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Stress has to bow its knee to the presence of God. Are y'all with me out there? Come on. And so another way, Spiritual blessings are received through the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. The helper is with you. I believe the Holy Spirit is the administrator of the kingdom of God. It's the administrator of the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. And I believe we can receive the blessings of the Lord as we yield to and open our hearts to the Holy Spirit. You see, we can can learn about the Lord intellectually, and we do need to know because people perish because of lack of knowledge. You're going to know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. But we don't just need a truth encounter. We need a power encounter. 
And some people, they just want to serve God on the intellectual level. But listen, if you want to be inspired in your heart and you want the, you want the anointing of God in your life, you got to open up your heart to the spirit of God. Amen. And that's where the, that's where the administration of, of the gifts of peace and joy and, and faithfulness and long suffering come from. Amen. And then finally, the third spiritual blessing are received through faith. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And I truly believe faith is the key that unlocks many of the blessings of the storehouse of heaven. Remember what the father, remember that father, he had a demonized son. I mean, his son wouldn't just like feel an ill. He was demonized. They brought, they brought him, he brought him to the disciples. The disciples couldn't do anything about him. Then later, Jesus healed him. And I think that's a wonderful story and illustration of the power of believing in God's ability. You got to have faith, saints. We got to have faith. We got to trust God. What is faith? It's relying on God. It's trusting God. And so in Mark 9, 21, it says, Jesus, as he brought him to Jesus, this son, Jesus said, how long has he, this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father, and he replied, since he was a little boy. I mean, this problem didn't just start. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Imagine you having a child that had a spirit harassing them to the point that that spirit was throwing him into the fire and into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. The father said in verse 23, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked? Anything is possible if a person believes. See, I believe faith opens the door for the supernatural. I believe faith opens the door to the miraculous. The father had a very serious need. His son was demon-possessed. But he had faith that the Lord could heal him and he received a miracle. Amen? What's your greatest spiritual need today? Do you believe the Lord can meet your need? Is it financial provision? Is it a need for peace? Is it physical healing? Come on, let's put our faith in the Lord. Faith unlocks the blessings and provisions of heaven. Amen? But Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for him who believes. Amen. Now, in conclusion, finally, the fourth insight into heavenly places we need to be aware of. Heavenly places is the place of eternal comfort and rest. Man, how many of you are like, life can be tiring. Life can just wear you down. It's the grind that gets, anybody else like that? I mean, isn't it hard now to just try to find some downtime? I mean, life is so busy. Come on, are y'all with me out there? It's like you go from one thing to the next and you day after day, week after week, and it's like, whoo, praise the Lord. I heard somebody say, oh, yeah, so-and-so, they live to 95 years old. And I heard somebody else say, I hope I don't live to be 95. I'm tired now. I'm ready to go to heaven now. Come on, come on. Life can be tired. Listen, the reality is, as long as we're here on the earth, we're going to have to battle spiritual battles. Listen, one day after we die and we exit this earth, we will no longer have to fight any more battles. 
The Lord promised us an eternal home. Remember just before Jesus left the disciples, he said to him in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There are more than enough room in my father's home. If it were not so, I would have told you and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. So my question is, Lord, why are you taking so long? How many of you ready for that place? Jesus has prepared a place. What was he speaking of? He was speaking of the eternal heavenly home. That's what he was speaking of. Heaven is a real place. Christ is prepared for all Christians when they die. Our eternal home is a place of everlasting comfort and rest. In, in, in Revelation 21, describing the new Jerusalem, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the older things has passed away. One day, we ain't going to have to worry about bills and stress and mosquitoes. Amen. We ain't going to have to worry about all that. We ain't going to have to meet any deadlines. We're not going to have to check on somebody else. We're not going to have to try to pick up the mess that somebody else has made. One day, we're going to have eternal comfort and rest in the presence of the living God. Amen. Yes, praise. Come on, somebody say, praise the Lord. Come on, stand with me. Let's close. Let's close together. How many of you are happy you're seated with Christ in heavenly places this morning? Now listen, as we finish up, heaven is a prepared place for a people who have prepared themselves. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. The question is, am I ready? Because the Bible says in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. Now you can see that it's not good enough to go to church. It's not good enough to say Christian or do Christian things. Jesus said, some people are going to say, Lord, Lord. Some people are going to cast out devils. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Listen, I know, I know the president, but I don't really know him. If you ask him, who's Todd Menard? He'll say, I don't have a clue. And the Lord is saying, I don't want you to just know me like you know the president. I want you to know me intimately. I want you to know me face to face. I want to have a relationship with you. Amen. I didn't die on the cross so you could just know me as a person out there. I died on the cross so you and I could have fellowship together. Would you just do me a favor and bow your head with me this morning? If you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I, I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian. The Bible says we can prepare ourselves by simply inviting him. 
In fact, the Bible says in John 1 and 12, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. Prayer is the avenue that from your heart you can just invite Jesus to forgive your every sin and just ask him to wash you and cleanse you. And you can get to know him in an, empty, uh, an intimate way as he, as he forgives you and he fills you with his spirit. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I've never prayed that prayer. I've never asked Jesus to forgive me. I know about God, but I want to know him personally. I want to make sure that I'm a Christian today. Would you pray for me? If that's you, would you just do me a favor and lift up your hand and just wave it at me? There you go, sir. Anywhere else, just raise your hand and go right over here. I see your hand. Anywhere else, just raise your, just be bold. Don't be timid. Don't let, there you go, ma'am, right there. Listen, those of you that raise your hand, raise your head now and look up here at me and raise both your hands and say, that's me, Todd. Pray that prayer. Praise both of your hands. Now just pray this prayer and pray it from your heart. We can all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. I believe you died for me. I believe you can forgive my sins and I'm asking you to forgive me. God, would you cleanse my heart Would you fill me with your spirit? Would you help me to live the Christian life? I want to live for you. I surrender to you with my will. I choose to surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus, for making room for me and preparing my heart today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Now listen, those of you that raised your hands, would you do me a favor? Would you come right out here? Come right out here and meet me, sir. Come right out here. Those of you that raised your hand, I, I just, just come walk right down here. Come on, just walk right down here. See, the rest of us need to see. Come on, let's come on down. There you go, come on down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, ma'am. Now this is bold. This is courageous. Come on down. Come on down. Come on down. There you go, sir. Come on down. Amen. Come on. Come on. Let's thank the Lord. Come on. Heaven throws a party for one. Thank you, Lord. Now, listen, you you guys just look up here at me. Now, the Bible says when you prayed that prayer this morning, your name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. So whenever you die and you get to heaven, come on down, man. Come on down. Whenever you get to heaven, listen, your name is going to be in that book. Amen. And so now here's the deal. You got to follow through with that with that decision. Amen. This is your family. We're here to help you. We're here to walk with you. We're here so you can get your your footing in the in your spiritual life. Amen. So the devil can't push you over anymore because you got the resurrected power inside of you. But you got to learn more about that. Amen. Hey, welcome to the family of God. If you'll just stay up here for just a second, God bless you, ma'am. If you'll just stay up here for just a second, Pastor Brandon will give you a little card. And I'd just like for you to fill that out. We got a gift for you for just making this step. Let's welcome them to the family of God. Amen. Amen. Now, as we close, as we close in prayer, I just want to pray with the authority God has given me over you. Amen. And I'm praying that God will just break things off of your life and just fill you with peace. Father, I pray for the congregation today. Thank you, Lord, for seating us in heavenly places with Jesus. Thank you, God, that you've given us authority to invoke the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have power and authority over all the enemy. And so, Lord, I break oppression. I break darkness. I break evil. Lord, I command the power 
power of hell to be broken off of the people of God. I pray that in the authority of Jesus' name. I pray you cover them. I pray you favor them. And I pray the hand of the Lord be with the people of God today as they leave this place. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed shouted and said, Amen and Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here to pray. If not, God bless you. We love you. You have a wonderful day as you go. You're dismissed.